Good morning. Begin by thanking our sponsors, Torah sponsors of the month, Shmuel Yelibah Dinowitz, for Zuchos and Elias Neshama, for her Parat Avram, Ben, her Avinyamin, Moshe, Neshama Shavn Elias, and Neshama Shavn Achama. And we thank the sponsors of this week's learning, the Week of Learning by Ira and Miriam Grossman, in commemoration of the yard site of Ira's beloved mother, Freda Grossman, Freda Bashmol, and Neshama Shavn Elias, and Neshama Shavn Achama. Today's daf is daf Yutes 19. We are beginning. We'll quickly just recap what we learned yesterday, because we did it quickly at the end. We had this opinion of Rav Meir. If you go back to daf Yutes, Amun Beis, it is six lines from the bottom. We had the Gemara quotes a Mishnah, Tanur Avanan, Eine Emanim Lepaisloi Divra Meir. Rav Meir said, Eidim will come in. And they would like to testify and say that a star is not kosher, they are not neman. So we're trying to figure out what is it, why is it that a mayor is, is, has that opinion. And we had this idea that perhaps a mayor hold in the second line on Daf Gutes, my time Amr of Chista, Kasavra of Mayor, Edim Sha'amru Lahem Chismu Shekhar, Alta Raigu Ya Raigu Vali Chasmu Shekhar. There was this idea that perhaps. There would be some type of yarig val yavar. In other words, it's so chamor, it's so terrible for a person to sign falsely on a star, which would obligate somebody, somebody to pay money that the person would be obligated to give up their life for that. But ultimately, the Gemara dismisses that and says that's just not one of the big three. Now, I don't want I don't want to get into the sugya yesterday, and perhaps we shouldn't spend so much time on it today either. But the Gemara is not really saying that there is a fourth one of the three cardinal sins. There is just... The way the Rishayinu explained this is that perhaps there was a minhag. In other words, people took this so seriously. It was considered in society to be such a horrible thing to sign a star falsely, to put your name on a, do- on a document that you know is a document which is giving false information which is going to obligate somebody, somebody to pay money. That people took it so seriously that they themselves would choose to give up their life rather than be, be so far out of the norms of society to sign such a star. But ultimately the Gemara says, it just can't be that that would be the reason for a mayor that, they, that a person would be considered to be so far out of society and therefore he's not neman to say that. Because the fact of the matter is, had he come before based and asked the question, should I sign the star? Should I not sign the star? We would have told him he should sign the star because that's the halacha. Even though that perhaps the minig was different, nevertheless, that's what we, what we would tell him. So as the Gemara continues, we would tell him sign it and don't be killed. So that is the halacha. The halacha is. Unless it is either Gilei Arayis, Shvichas Domin, or Avay Zara, whether it's idol worship, or it is illicit immoral behavior, Shvichas Domin will murder, those are the only times we would tell somebody that they should give up their life. And the halacha would not be that if a person is in a situation where he would have to give up his life instead of signing a false document, we the base would tell him, sign the false document, keep yourself alive. So therefore, it can't possibly be but that's the reason why he's not Nemo to say that he signed it. 
So Ella, the Gemara says, "All time under Rav Meir, because Rav Huna Amar Rav." So this is the reason for Rav Meir, and this is what we have to know for today as we go for, as we go forward. The reason why Rav Meir says that Adam would come by and say that we signed this document, but we were Anusim. The reason why they're not Neman is because Rav Huna Amar Rav, the Amar Rav Huna Amar Rav, Moedah Mishtar Shakasva and Sarach Lekaiman. Once a leiva, once somebody who borrowed money admits that the star was validly written, Rameir is of the opinion that there is no longer any necessity for us to go ahead and be Mekayim to authenticate that star. In other words, this idea of authenticating a star, as we said, it's one step higher. Because Mido Raisa, we do not have to go ahead and authenticate a star. If a star is written, it's valid, it's approved, and does not need, does not need to be certified once again. Midrabanan, we have to certify and authenticate a star that's written to make sure that indeed nothing's forged over here and the Edim are real people and everything is valid. Says Rav Meir, once the Leiva already says, I admit that this star had validity to it, at that point in time, there's no longer a necessity to go out of our way to validate the star and to get an authentic authentication of the signatures. The signatures are only necessary to be authenticated if it's not clear if the star was in the, a valid star. So the Gemara goes on. Gufa, Amr Yehud Amr Rav. Moedah b'shtar shekasvu, ain't tzarech l'kan. Rav says, again, Rav Hunam Rav being an Amira, he goes ahead and he says this halach, which is, once a loive, once the borrower admits the star is valid, ain't tzarech l'kaimai, no longer necessary for us to go ahead and certify or authenticate that contract. So Amr Le Rav Nachman, Nachman said back to him, Genuva Genuvi Lamalach. Literally means, you are stealing from us. And what he was saying to him was, what are you saying? Are you trying to make this as if this is the opinion that everybody agrees with? If you look at Rashi, Misganev Atta Loimer Devarecha in other words, he was saying you were being deceptive in the way that you were speaking by just saying this line as if this is a unanimous decision that everybody agrees with. That's not true. You're simply quoting one person's opinion and there are others who disagree with you. So why are you simply getting out here making a statement as if this is an opinion that everybody follows? And he went on and he continued to him. Why don't you just say it the way it is? Why don't you just say that you're passing like Rav Meir instead of making a statement as if that is the opinion that everybody follows? So Amar Le, Rav Huna, Amar Rav said back to him, Umar, and you, what, are you, what is your opinion? Rav Nachman, what's your opinion? Umar, what do you hold? Amar Le, ki kaman, Ladina, when somebody comes before us for a din, and they have a star, and the lova, the one who borrowed the money, admits that the star was valid, we say to them, Zilu kaimu shtaraichu, go ahead and certify or validate or authenticate your star, once that is done, you could actually take it down to Bastin and use it to collect your money. In other words, he's clearly saying to him, we do not agree with this opinion that once the borrower admits the star was valid, that it no longer needs to have any, any kiyom shtaros, 
it does indeed need to have Kiyom Shtaros, even if the borrower agreed that the star was valid. Omar of Yehuda Omar Rav. Yehuda Omar Rav says the following. Ha'omer shtar amana huzeh eno neman. If a person claims that a star is a star amana, he is not neman. What is a star amana? So Rashi points out a star amana is lo love a club. Nobody borrowed anything. Ela kasvu umasru lamalva. It was written and it was handed over to a lender. Why? If he needs to have a loan, the star will be already written. He believes that this malva is not going to use this to collect money or to extract money from him unless he actually borrows. So my assumption over here is that there are people who sometimes need to get a quick loan. So like kind of like cash advance. He needs to have the money available. And he needs to do it quickly. He doesn't want to have to go through the whole process of getting approved for his loan and then signing a start to get his loan through. He just needs to have that money available as soon as he has to borrow it. And then he'll pay it back very quickly. So what he does is he goes to a potential lender. He says to him, listen, I know you lend money. There are all types of scenarios that come up in my business life that would cause me to have to borrow money quickly, and then I'll be able to pay you back. So instead of having to go through a whole approval process of getting a loan from you, why don't we do the approval process right now? I'll write the star for you right now that I owe you the money. I have no reason to borrow the money this minute, but when something comes up and I need to have that money available to pay somebody, and I know something's coming in soon, I'll borrow the money from you, the star will already be written, and I'm going to believe you because we know each other well that you won't use this star in order that you won't use this star to collect money from me unless I indeed do go through with the loan. So if a person claims that this star that you're using to collect money from me was not a real star, rather it was a star amana, it was a star that was written, it was a contract that was written in advance of a loan, and therefore I don't, own, I don't owe you any money because I didn't borrow it. Halacha is, he is not believed to say that. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. Dika Omar Ma, who is the one who's making this claim that the shtar, the contract, the loan contract, is a shtar aman? Ilema Dika Omar Lova, if it's the borrower who claims that, Pshita. Obviously, he's not going to be believed. Would we believe a guy to say that? Why in, in anyone's right mind would you believe a borrower to claim that a star is a star amana? Everybody will say that. Anytime there's a star that's taken out against somebody in Bastin, that he owes somebody $100,000, he'll just say, oh, yes, it's a good star. It was written properly. It's got good dates on it. It was signed by Adim. But you know what? That was a star amana. The, known, the, the loan never actually happened. It just was written in advance just in case. Of course, the person, a, a borrower is not going to be believed to say that. That's a ridiculous thing to believe somebody. We'd, we'd invalidate almost all staros based on a claim that it's a star amana. Sigmar says it must be, if it's not the lova, it must be that it's the actual lender who says, Oh, you know what? There's a star that came out over here, but the star, this loan document over here, is not a real loan document because it never actually lent the money. So then, Tavola Bracha. It's a very honorable thing to do. He's the one who lent the money. 
And he's the one who could potentially collect the money with this document. And he is being honest and saying, oh, by the way, the loan never happened. It just was written in advance. So, Kabbalah Bracha, let this person be showered with all types of blessings. He's being honest. Instead of collecting $100,000 from somebody, he's being honest and saying, nobody owes me any money, so why would he not be believed? Mara says, rather, it must not be talking about the Lova, because he wouldn't be believed. It must not be talking about the Malva, because why in the world would we not believe him? El de Ka'amri Edim. It must be, it is the Edim in this case who are saying it, and therefore, they themselves don't have anything personal to gain over here. But they are claiming that the star that they signed, the document that they signed, was a document which was, which was a star amana, they are not believed to say that. So the Gemara goes on and analyzes this case. So hold on. If this is a case where the star was already authenticated, because we found their signatures on another document. And therefore, we're able to validate this star because we knew that their signatures were valid from other external sources. So then again, of course they're not believed. Because again, it's like this Mishnah, where Mishnah, where Edom are not believed to give further inf- inf- information about a star once they sign it. And again, it's so important to understand this concept over here. Edom have a very, very strong level of Naamanus. In other words, what they say goes very far. We establish facts based on witness testimony. But those facts that they establish are so strong, they don't later own that information. They can't come back later and say, oh, by the way, the fact that we established earlier, we're retracting our statement. Once they signed the star, as long as we know they signed it, the document now establishes a fact. And now that fact is that the loan happened. They can't now go ahead and say, oh, by the way, it was a star amana. I'm sorry, your signature is on a document which says that a loan took place. That establishes a fact that a loan took place. And therefore, you don't have the ability now to go ahead and make another statement. This is the concept of Kivan Shehegid, Shavainu Chozer Amagid. Once you make a statement, a valid statement, which is accepted based on the fact that it's valid witness testimony, you don't have the ability to later on come back to Basin and make another statement to clarify that or to change that because the Edith was already said. So that's why in this case, if Edim come by and say, yes, we signed the star, but it was a star amana, the Gemara says, if their Ksav Yodam was Yotzim we're able to validate that they signed the star based on other documents that have their signatures, of course, they're not believed because they already signed it. If this is a case where we cannot authenticate the star without them actually walking into the basin and saying, yes, I signed the star, why is it different than our Mishnah? Why can't they walk into basin and say, who's there? Yes, this is our signature. Aval, star amanahu. It's not a real star. It's just a star, just in case the loan takes place. Why can't they say that? So we're kind of stuck over here. We have the Gemara puts forth a memra, which is the person is not believed to claim that a star is a star amana. We have no idea who this is talking about. Because again, either it's obvious or it's not true. 
So which is it? So Gemara says, Simen Bash. We have a Simen of Bash, which means that there are three different answers over here to explain who's not Naman. Amarava la'olam, really we could say the Amar Lova. We are referring to a case where it is indeed the Lova, the borrower, who is saying that the star was a star Amana. So what's the Chiddush? We already said, of course, he's not Naman. Gemara says, Ukut Rav Huna, this follows the opinion of Rav Huna. Dama Rav Huna Marav, Moda Bishtar Shakasvu, Ein Tzarech Lekaima. This is adding on to that case because this is following what we said before. The once a lova says, a star is a valid star, it does not need any kiyom. So if you're following that opinion of Rav Huna, that the star does not need any kiyom, if you look at Rashi, Vashmiin and Revihuda Nami Hachi, the Lova Shaamar Kasavtiv, Umasartiv Lo. If a Lova says, it was written, yes, indeed it was written, and I gave it to you, Avashtar Amanahu, but this is a little bit different, this is a Shtar Amana, Ain Sarachamava Lachsar Lahavi, Ulahavi Lahaira Al Hasima, you don't need to go ahead and bring authentication for the Shtar, the Ainaman Lova Laposlo, the Lahava Inish. It's not normal to do that. In other words, he is basically bringing out this idea, this opinion that once you go ahead and validate a star, the star gets its validity, and there's nothing else you can add to it that will take away its validity. In other words, since Rav Hunas of the opinion that once the Lovo authenticates it, it no longer needs to have any authentication on behalf of the Edim, so he can't either say it's a star amara. Abaya Amar, Abaya says, Le'olam to Amar Malva. Really, we're talking about a case where it's the Malva himself, the lender who says that the star is a star Amana. Now, the Gemara asked previously, what's the Chiddush? What is the Chiddush in such a case? Or, not what's the Chiddush? It's not true. The Malva certainly should be believed to be able to say that the loan never happened. And why would we say he's not Neman? The other way around. He's very honorable. Tavola bracha. Let him be bestowed with all types of blessing. He's telling us the truth. He's being honest. Gemara says this is an interest, interesting case. This is talking about a case where there are others who stand to lose because the malva, because the lender is forgiving this loan. This is the famous idea called Shibudu which means Titania for we learned in Abraisa, Rabbi Nasan Omer, Minayin Lenosha Bechavero. Mana, person, lends his friend a mana, bechavero, bechavero, and the friend goes ahead and lends the other person money. How do we know that we could just skip the middle person and take it from the final borrower and give it to the original lender? The Pasuk says he should give it to the one who is owed the money. Doesn't say, as Rashi points out, the Nasan Laashar Helvayu. You should give it to the one who lent him the money. So this is the concept where if there are three people involved. Ruvain lends money to Shimon, and Shimon lends money to Levi, the Levi is will be instructed to pay the money back directly to Ruvain. In other words, even though Levi took out his loan from Shimon and he has nothing to do with Ruvain, but because Shimon actually owes money to Ruvain, we could skip Shimon in this process, take the money from Levi, and give it back to Ruvain. Now let's say Shimon, the middleman over here, 
decides, he wants to say, oh, by the way, that money there that I lent, oh, it wasn't real. That star that indicates that I lent money, that was just a star amana. So now what happens? He causes Ruvain to lose out on his ability to be able to collect from Levi. In other words, he's cutting himself out of the story and making Ruvain lose his ability to be able to collect from Levi. And therefore, indeed, he does have to have Ne'amonas to be able to say that the star is not true. Because again, remember, we have a valid star here. We have a valid document which authenticates alone. This star actually is a valid document which can be used in a basin to collect money from either Shimon or from Levi. Now, once Shimon, the, le- the lender, says that this document is not a real, does not actually reflect the real loan, it's just a document which is here in case the loan happens for a pre-approved loan. What he does there is he causes the other lender to lose his ability to be able to collect money from the other person, and therefore it's not a tavel of brach. We can't just say, "Oh wow, you should be you should be blessed that you are that you are forgiving the money in the loan," because there's another person here who stands to lose out, and therefore indeed he has to have some type of ne'amonos, and therefore, unless he could actually prove that the loan didn't happen, since the star is here, the star reflects a real loan, and the, the star, this contract can be used to collect the money, even though the Malva says it was a star amana, he's not going to be believed. Ravashi Amar, Ravashi gives another explanation, Lo'olam, Dika'amri Eidim. Really, this is talking about a case where it's not the Malve who says the star was a star amana. It's not the Love who says it was a star amana. Rather, it was the Edim. But we asked the question before, hold on a second. Either the Edim are not going to be believed because we don't need them. They already made a statement by signing on the star and the star was authenticated. Or they certainly should be believed because we're relying on them to authenticate the star. Gemara says... Lolam the Kamri Adam were talking about a case where it was Adam who said it was a star amana. This is a case where the star could not be validated or certified without them. Udika my lomahemni. If you're gonna ask why they not believed, Mora says it is because of Kahana, because we are following the opinion of Rav Kahana, Dhamarav Kahana, Asr Lo Laadam Shiyisha Star Amana Basok Beso. If Kahana says that possessing such a star is usr, it is forbidden for a person to possess such a star like this in his house. Why? Mishum Shenemar, for the Pasuk says, Al Tishkon Balecha Avla, a person should not allow a Avla to live within his dwelling. And now on top of your test of the days, for Amr of Shesh is Braider of Ash, Braider of Edi, Shmami Namadr of Kahana, Edim Sha'amru Amana Hayad Varenu. We learn from this. That if Adam say that when we signed a star, it was not a real star, rather it was a pre-approved loan that never actually happened. They're not believed. Why not? My This is the concept that we brought up yesterday, which is a person is not Naaman to turn himself into a Russia. Like Rashi says. When they say that we signed this document, they are essentially telling us 
that they did something wrong by signing a star which shouldn't even exist. And halacha is, person does not neman, ain't adamesim atzmo rasha, person cannot say edus about himself, that he is a rasha. And therefore, since this statement indeed does turn them into somebody who did something wrong by signing the star, they're not neman. Now Rashi, we didn't mention this yesterday, but Rashi, in the previous element, says the reason why they're not neman is because in order to turn someone into a rasha, you have to have real edus. Now, a person is related to themselves, and therefore a person is the apostle aid to say that they are a Russia. Now, this is this might be a little bit counterintuitive to what people think in general society that, of course, the person himself should be the first one to be believed to admit that they, that they, that they did something wrong. But I think this really highlights a very important idea, which is that a person really does not have the ne'emanus to turn themselves into a bad person. You know, there are people who do all kinds of things in their life. And people make all kinds of mistakes. But essentially a person, to turn themselves into a Russia, to say something which gives you the public perception of being a Russia, you don't have permission to do that. Again, we can make mistakes, we can fix our mistakes, we can admit to certain things that we've done wrong, but to make a proclamation, an official statement, official atheist about ourselves, that we are people who did something wrong, we don't have the Ne'emanus to say that. So that's the reason why the Edom are not Ne'eman to say that it was a Shtar Amana because essentially what they are doing is saying that we did something wrong by signing on a Shtar which never should have been written. And a person is not Ne'eman to say that they are a Russia, and in, indeed in this case they would be a Russia for signing. Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Yeshua ben Levi says, once we're on this topic of talking about a star which is forbidden to keep within your possession. Once we're on this topic of talking about a star which cannot be kept within your possession, the Gemara continues by giving other examples of staros. See, as we learn, the lights go back on. Once we're on the topic of talking about certain staros that cannot be kept within a, within a person's possession, we add on a few, which are asr lola adam shiyisha star paruah v'sof a person is not allowed to keep a star which, refl- which reflects a loan that was already paid up. Why? For it says in the Pasuk, You cannot keep within your dwelling an Avera. In Eretz Yisrael, they said the name of Rav. They learned it from a different Pasuk, which is, If it is an Avon in your hands, Harkikeyo. Keep it away from you, which is Zeshtar Amana. This is a Shtar Amana. This reflects, this refers to a Shtar Amana and Ushtar Pasim. This reflects to a Shtar Pasim. What's a Shtar Pasim? So we, we explained the Shtar Amana is a document which reflects a loan that never happened. Why do you do that? In case you want to borrow the money, it should be prepared. A Shtar Pasim is something else. Shtar Pasim is when somebody wants to be able to show creditors that he has a lot of accounts receivable. He wants to show people, look, I have all types of people who owe me money. And I'll show you, look, 
Look at all these documents that show all these loans that people owe me. So it might not be in the bank account right now, but we're always able to go ahead and collect it. It's always available to be collected, and therefore I, I have a lot of assets. So again, the star pasim is a false star that does not reflect a real loan, but it is written in order to give somebody the appearance as if they have a lot of money. This refers to Zeshtar Perua. This is a paid up loan. So the first Pasuk. This is a Shtar Amana Shtar Pasim. Basically, totally false Shtaros. False contracts that are written that do not actually reflect any real loans. There's different motivations why a person would write a false star, either because he may want to eventually take out the loan, or because he wants to show that he has a lot of accounts receivable. And the other one, the Pasuk of Altishkem Balecha Avla, refers to a star perua. So it is a valid star that reflects a real loan that actually took place. The only problem with it is that it's no longer valid because it is already paid back. So the Gemara goes on and says, Those who say that you're not allowed to have a star perua in your possession, a paid-up loan, you're not, allowed have, you're not allowed to have a star that reflects a paid-up loan, certainly star amana. You can't have a star amana. That makes sense. Because the first one was actually a real, a star perua reflects a real loan. But a star amana is just, a, the whole thing is just a scam. You're allowed to have, more explains, nothing in life is free. Everything costs money. Now, a person wants to go ahead and borrow money, so he, wants to, he needs to write a star. Now, you can't just pick up a star in your local supermarket. A star is something which has to be written correctly. It has to reflect all the information that actually took place in that loan. It has to be properly written and properly signed in a way which it, which, where it can be used and based in. So what do you do? You go to a sofa. You go to a scribe who writes to a star. He knows exactly how to write it. And he charges. How much money? Not all that much money. But remember, we're talking about somebody over here who needs to borrow money. If he needs to borrow money, the assumption is he doesn't have that much money. So now the Malva, the lender, wants to make sure that there's a loan here. So what does he do? He pays for it. He lays out the money. Now, it can be, it's possible that the loan was actually paid up, but he never got reimbursed for the value of the star that he laid out for the lova. Who's responsible to pay for the star? Of course, the lova. Why should the malva have to pay to get a star to lend somebody money? He doesn't want to take a loss on this loan. So therefore... It's the lovu who has to pay for it. But in many cases, the lovu doesn't have any money. So the, so the malva, the lender, lay, lays out the cash, and he holds on to that star until the lovu actually comes back and pays him those 5 or $10 that it cost him to get that, that star written. So that's why there are cases when holding on to a star perua actually might be a legitimate thing to do because while the loan was paid up, I still won't give back. I'm going to withhold that document from the lender until he pays me for it because the physical document is mine.
So therefore, it's not a given that it's always usher for a person to have a, a star which reflects a paid up loader in his possession because there are scenarios where it might indeed be legitimate to hold on to it because he wants to wait until he gets paid back for the value of the actual, actual document. Itmar. Sefer Sheino Muga. If a person has a Sefer which is not properly edited, in other words, there are mistakes in it, Amar Rabbi Ami you cannot hold on to a safer which is not properly edited, which has mistakes in it. For it says in the Pasuk, So what is this referring to? If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, What is that? Torah, Nevi'im, and Kesubim. So it sounds like this refers specifically to Tanakh. So you have a safer Torah, where you have the Nevi'im, where there are mistakes in it. The halacha is, you cannot use it you can't keep it for more than 30, 30 days without fixing it. The Rishonim have discussed this, about what exactly it's talking about. And the simple understanding is, we're talking about a Sefer Torah, or the Nevi'im, or the Ksuvim that is read publicly. And if you're going to read it publicly with mistakes in it, you have a whole community, which is possibly going to get false information from your public Sefer Torah. Now the Ritva points out that Rashi was talking about Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim. Why? Because this Memra that was said over here was made by Rav Ami before Torah Peh was written down. So therefore, it was only relevant to Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim. But nowadays, that we have everything written down, we have all Torah Peh, all of oral law is written down, it's even more important to make sure that what's written down is correct. And if you have any safer, whether it's a Gemara, or it's a Shulchan Aruch, or it's any other Sifri, Shilas, and Chuvas that exist, we have to make sure that it is, has correct information. And if it has any false information in it, then you're not allowed to keep it in your house for more than 30 days. Actually, I'm not sure if this is actually working. For it says in the Pasuk, you can't keep within your dwelling an Avla. Now, the Rishonim explained, a dwelling is for 30 days. We know this from Mezuzah, from other places, that a proper dwelling is only, is only considered a dwelling for 30 days. So therefore, a person can have 30 days to get the editing of the mistakes inside the Sefer taken care of, but beyond that, he can't hold it. Now, how about Sifrei Torah that have mistakes in it that we just don't want to bother going through the expense of fixing it? In every proper shul, has a number of Sifrei Torah that we see. They come out in Simchas Torah with that garthal on the outside. And we all know that that's an indication that the Sifrei Torah should not be used because there are mistakes in it. So the post can explain that having mistakes in a Sifrei Torah refers to a Sifrei Torah or any Sifrei that's being used. What's the reason? The reason is because we don't want people to make mistakes. It would be a terrible thing for us to have something which gives the impression as being a real valid Sefer Torah, but has mistakes in it, but if you have some type of indication that you never plan, in other words, you decide you're not going to fix this one. Just going through the expense of fixing the Sefer Torah, it's an old Sefer Torah, it's hard to use, whatever it is, they just decided they're not fixing it. In such a case, as long as there's some type of sign on the Sefer Torah, which is clear to anybody who picks up the Sefer Torah, that this Sefer Torah has mistakes in it, that's okay to keep it like that. It's only when you plan to fix it, or you plan to use it, that's when you have to make sure there are no mistakes in it. Amr of Nachman, 
Edim Sha'amru Amanahayud Varenu. Edim who say Amanahayud Varenu. In other words, they're indeed telling us that the star is a star Amana. Eine Amana. They're not believed. Moda'a Hayud Varenu. If this is a Moda'a, Eine Amana. They're not believed. What is Moda'a? Moda'a is when a person gives over information to somebody in advance, letting them know that something is about to happen. In other words, the, a person could come to his friend and say, listen, I would like to sit down with you right now and sign the following document, which is that tomorrow I'm going to sign a star which said, says that I owe somebody a lot of money, or it says that I'm going to complete a business deal with somebody, but I'm letting you know I don't want to go into that business deal. I really want everybody to know that this, is, this whole deal is not true. The loan is not valid, but I have no choice. They're forcing me to tie my hands behind my back and I just can't get out of it. So before I sign that star, I'll deal with this later to get myself out of it. But before I sign what will appear to be a valid star, I'm getting moda to say that this whole transaction that I'm getting into is, a, is not a real transaction. Indeed, that's the right thing to do. A person who finds himself in such a, such a situation to write a star moda in advance. However, if Adam just come by and say that it was a star moda, they're not believed to say that. If there's a star amana, they claim that it was a star amana, they're not believed. If they're claiming that it was a star moda, they are indeed believed in that case. My taima. What's the difference? Both of them are essentially canceling the validity of what would otherwise be a valid star, Umara says, my time a high This is permissible to be written. The other one is not. In other words, there's never ever a good reason for a person to write a star amana. You just don't write a star that reflects alone. That never happened. And therefore, by the virtue of the fact that Edom are claiming that they signed onto a star that was an inappropriate star to exist. They are incriminating themselves by saying that they signed on a false star. So therefore they can't say that. However, a star, a star moda, you're right, it's canceling alone. You're right, it is invalidating what would otherwise be a valid star. But there are legitimate times when a star moda would be written. And therefore, Marbaravashi says, indeed, they would be naman to say that it was a star moda. In other words, the difference just is, in the case of Star Amana, there's really never a scenario when it's appropriate to write a Star Amana, because a Star Amana reflects alone that never happened. Star Moda is something which is sometimes even the proper thing to do, to sign a Star Moda when you can't get yourself out of a certain mess. So here it's just a, a, a matter of whether the Edim are going to be believed that the Star was, was a Star Moda. It was an information star giving notice beforehand that the loan was, or the star was written under duress, and therefore, since it is proper to write a star moda, they're going to be believed. Rava asks Rav Nachman the following question. What's the halacha if Adam say that this was a good star, but there was a condition, there was something else thrown into the star that put the whole, the whole transaction in, with some type of contingency? In other words, what happens if they say that there was a contingency within this star, but it was never actually fulfilled? So again, 
they are not saying anything usher. There's nothing wrong with having a star, with having a tanai. There's nothing wrong with making a, a contract with some type of contingency in it. However, they are essentially invalidating the loan. They are essentially saying that, that, that the star does not reflect an obligation to pay back. So the Gemara says, The reason why they're not Naaman is to akrile l'shtara. Both those cases of moda and amana, what they're doing is they're taking what otherwise appears to be a very clear loan or very clear star, which validates a monetary obligation from one person to the next. And when Adam come by and say it's a star amana or it's a star moda, they are uprooting that, that obligation. So this this says, well, who cares what the reason is? Whether it's because it's a star amana, or because there was a star moda, or because there was a condition that was never met, the bottom line is this document cannot be used to claim the money. Odilma, maybe, on the other hand, you should see this slightly differently. Tanai milsa achriti. Tanai doesn't reflect anything about the actual loan, rather, it's an external factor that would cancel the loan. So, Amrale. When such a case like this comes before us for a din, we say to them, Indeed, we say that if Adim come by and say that there was a contingency, or there was some type of condition on this loan, we indeed require them to fulfill that condition before collecting the loan. The Gemara goes on and says, Okay, if that's the case, that Adim are believed to say that there was a condition there was a tenai on this loan. What happens if eight Amar tenai, one eight? In other words, there are two Adim signed on it. One of the witnesses come by and say there was a tenai, there was a condition. The eight Amar ain't no tenai. Another person says, another one of the Adim say there was no tenai. So we have a disagreement amongst the Adim whether there was a tenai. Amar Papa, Tarvayu, Bishtara Ma'alya Kavasadi. Both of them are indeed testifying that this is a valid star. There's one person who's saying that there was a tenai over here. He's just an individual by himself. You can't take the testimony of one person in the place of two. In other words, again, this concept of Kivan Shehegid, Shavinu Chozra Magid comes out, which is, as soon as those two Adim come by, and sign that star, and admit that they signed the star, they validate the star, we now have two solid Adim that are backing up alone. Now, in a later piece of testimony, one aide, who happens to be the same aide as before, but his testimony from before sticks, now he comes back and says, oh, by the way, the star is not valid because there was a condition over here. So says the Gemara, says her Papa, I'm sorry, he is... He is one aid in place of two aids him. And we're not going to take the word of one aid in place of the, the two aid him. So Gemara continues, asks, if that's the case, the same thing should be true even if there are two aid. In other words, if the problem is that there's aidus over here, and now you're trying to go ahead and counter it with other aidus, doesn't help. The problem is not that it's 
it's Chad B'makom Trey, that it's one aid against two, even if it was Trey B'makom Trey, there are two aid over here, we can't go ahead and uproot the first piece of Edus. El Amri, so what, so, what, what, so what is the reason that when it comes to two Edim, we would indeed take their testimony? In other words, why is that you're differentiating between if it was one aid and a second aid? Must be that when two Edim come by, it works. Why does it work? When the statement is made, it's essentially uprooting the first thing that I said because I'm explaining that what I originally said on the star was only true if the condition is met. And if you're telling me that I'm believed to say that, so then the same thing should be true even by one aid. These two people are coming to uproot their first edus. Hainami, this one aid, when he says that there was a tenai, he is coming to indeed uproot his original statement. The Halach indeed is like that we would take this one aid at his word, and therefore we would have to ask the person to go ahead and fulfill the 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 tonight to go to fulfill that condition before collecting with it. We will stop over here by Tanara Banan. It was a pleasure to learn with you over the past uh, past four days. Mitzvah Shem the Rebbe will be back tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of your week.